Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And joining me today is Brian Bergford. He is a performance coach. He's an author. He's a person who has figured out how to live on purpose. And Brian, that's why you're on the show with me here today. Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio. Hey, thank you so much, man. I'm pumped to be here. I can tell. You know what? You've got some good energy. And I think you're probably pumped to be here on earth, to be living this life that you live. And maybe that wasn't always the case because you had a journey that got you here as well. Absolutely. Can yeah, you, I've made a habit out of being pumped at this point. <laughs> it's a habit. Interesting. Yeah. You've practiced it, haven't you? Yep, absolutely. Could you share a little bit of your story? Just give us a little context of where Brian Burkford is coming from and how you got to this point. Sure. Okay. So like my life story in like two minutes. Um, <laughs> two minutes. There we go. Uh, no, so, uh, you know, I think that for the purposes of this conversation and the relevancy uh, experienced, you know, like just as all of us do, I don't think anybody has a perfect childhood. Some people have more perfect than others, you know, and like mine certainly wasn't like horrific or anything, but experienced some significant um, pain, especially on the mo- emotional end of things, which sort of led me into being fascinated by the mind and the psychology of people on how they, how they become who they are and how they process information, et cetera. So when I got into college, I majored in psychology and I also happened to be um, really, and, and while I was there too, I, you know, was a speed strength and conditioning intern with the football team at, at, at uh, CU and loved that and physical physicality and training. So that's a big part of who I am um, and what I've always kind of loved to do. But in addition to the psychology piece and sort of the, like the fitness piece, I had a gift with dogs. And so I went out and built a couple of businesses, one in the daycare, dog daycare and boarding space, another one in the uh, behavioral rehabilitation and training end of things and built those up. And when I got people in a place that were really kicking butt, had great management, had mentored them up, I was able to really return to my first love and offer coaching that was very, um, very specific and uh, built around people coaching specifically because it was interesting. I just couldn't get away from the psychology even when I was training people and their dogs, right? I'd end up in their house and it's such a relational dynamic that we'd get into some of the other pieces that were affecting how their dog was behaving and the dynamics within the home and the relationships. And so I was constantly coaching people anyway. And I really wanted a platform that was purpose-built for coaching people so I could do a deep dive and uh, really get at the heart of the things that were going to help them make transformational changes in their, in their lives. And that's what I'm passionate about. And that's where we are today. You've gone through a few of those changes yourself. I know part of your story has to do with swimming. And for a guy who's afraid of water, that, that's significant. 
It's it was a it was a journey. <laughs> I, I absolutely love swimming. You know, I, I've got next month is the spring short course national championships, and I think that'll be like the fifth the fifth one I'll be going to. And uh, I'm excited about it because of the fact of like where I started was water was one of the, we all have fears and things, but there's certain fears that really, really get into more of like the phobic area where we start to panic in certain situations, which is different than just being fearful or uncomfortable. And when I had, when I had my face submerged in water, that was really the big problem for me. My mind would just go on tilt and it was like something else got activated and I was in a panic state and I had a belly full of it when I was about 30 years old. And I was like, screw this, like, let's tackle it head on. Let's take on let's take up swimming if I'm afraid of the water. I got a coach to teach me and just kept going and the rest is history. And to be honest with you, the the biggest motive and and motivation behind all of that, what kind of grounds it was, you know, if, if I can do something and make it work and create a certain amount of success in an area that was, it was just trepidatious for me before, how can that inspire other people? Like that would make it all worth it to me. And that's really been the driving force behind all of it. I just, I, I had an immediate laugh reaction when you said, well, bring this thing on, right? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this fear of the water. So, well, let's take up swimming. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're nuts. <laughs> I've been told that before. <laughs> well, but this is powerful. Brian, and that's why I want to make a, a, a little bit of a deal out of that because it, it's normal and natural for us. I think the body's natural defensive responses would say stay as far away from something that you fear as you possibly can. This is a natural reaction that people have. And, and you turned into it. You leaned into it. You, you took it on which has created a whole new world of opportunities for you when it comes to competitive swimming, which you wouldn't be doing had you not decided to take on this fear. And it's become a very rich and abundant part of your life. I hope I'm not overstating that. No, you're absolutely not. There's something in the human spirit that wants to be free. And I think we come to a crossroads at time and we have to decide am I going to pursue freedom or am I going to collapse into myself? And those moments, those crossroads that we have, I see them as great opportunities. And I've just always kind of been of the mind of, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be controlled by that. I won't do it. I, I love like, my spirit wants to be free, just like everybody's does. Uh, there's a reason I don't have a job and a boss. <laughs> I like that just doesn't, I always did a good job in my positions. My bosses loved me and stuff, but I always wanted to be free and to be able to pursue my own destiny. And it's interesting now because um, really one of the primary populations I work with is uh through like doing executive coaching for again, like CEOs and uh, you know, business owners that, also compete in athletics that are really athletically inclined. That's sort of my psychographic yeah. because that's who I am and I understand and jive with that group really well. Uh, so it's, it's really been a huge blessing. And I think a lot of our greatest uh, 
the greatest blessings in our lives and the things that we end up loving the most oftentimes sit behind the biggest walls of fear that we have. And there's a choice to lean in and to move through that and to potentially have something that's so enriching that you never would have had access to. And that's just sort of like a metaphor for what swimming has been in in my life. It's, it's a great image that you just created for us. The, those greatest payoffs are right behind that wall that you don't want to cross. And everything inside of you might be saying, no, no, don't go there. You know, I, I find this with entrepreneurs a lot too. Have you seen this, Brian? That Oh, yeah. Because to do something that's never been done before can be absolutely terrifying. And you're going to have to do things you've never done to get to a place that you've never been. You think about all of the unknowns that are in there and it's terrifying. <laughs> it is. And, and that's, and then, and then that becomes the battle between our, our, our longing to be free, but our desire to keep ourselves safe from our fears and, and that tension in there. And right. I know you deal with that a lot too, and the people that you coach and work with. And it's just, you know, I really, you know, I have these dreams. I want to pursue this. I want to have, I want to have a business. I want to write a book, et cetera, et cetera. And, I'm also terrified. So how do how do I get beyond this? And um, it's it's a real doozy for people. And yeah. so I think, and we all struggle with it. All of us absolutely struggle with it. What it comes down to is, how do you get past it? And do you have the will to get past it? And if you do have the will to get past it, then do you have the strategy and the help and the support in order to sustain it? Right. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of moving parts, but it all starts with that yearning and the desire and the acknowledgement that you want something more. To be free. I love the way you phrased that, Brian, because freedom, well, first of all, freedom isn't free. Uh, You ask any of our war veterans about that. Freedom is not free. There's a price tag attached to your personal freedom. It can't be given to you. You have to pay the price for it. And often the price is as you've, demonstrated to us, you lean in to that fear. You you take it on. You know, there, there's a dilemma. Uh, and I think you were starting to get to this, Brian, as you talked about our, our desire, our innate driving or striving or longing for freedom. And then this desire to maintain security. And I've, I've often used the analogy of, well, what would happen if if you attained maximum security. That's a term we use for our correctional facilities. <laughs> That's great. Maximum security? You don't want to live there. I've been there. I visited. I, I, I gave three keynotes at the state prison last year. You don't want maximum security. But to go into freedom means that we get to give up some of our attachment to that security yeah that yeah. ultimately does not serve as well and that's i think why we love watching uh movies and stories and series about people that you know had that internal struggle going but they chose to break out I- instead and they w- they were compelled by their desire for freedom much more than their clinging to the security and like we all need security i don't i certainly don't think it's a bad thing i think when it is the 
driving force in your life, it becomes a real serious problem because we're all going to struggle with it. We're all going to have the tension. However, one of those is going to win. Like freedom is going to win or fear is going to win. And to like sit around and like talk about it forever. It's like we could boil a lot down to it there. And like people just need to get on one side of the fence or the other. Like stop jacking around. Stop, you know, we don't need to talk about it a lot more. Like just freaking move, you know. And and one of the things that that it's so powerful when you just move, like do do something. When you feel stuck, do something. It doesn't, and it doesn't necessarily need to even be productive uh, or um, this monumental accomplishment, but it's something in the direction of your dreams that's a tangible step to get the momentum going. Uh, So interestingly, like in my training for athletics and such, like I train every single day and I have like, I don't know the last time I took a day off, maybe like 20, 17 2018 right because it's easier for me mentally and just physically my my body works well with like i just keep the momentum going and there's days right. where i scale back i'm not always going 100% i mean i i go pretty hard but there's days i scale back like this morning um i went on a pretty short run and it was nice and relaxed but the point is um I keep that momentum going where people get in a lot of trouble is they're just sitting there forever. And then they're spinning thoughts in their heads and thinking about, I can't get where I want to go. And they start this endless mental loop and have these runaway thoughts. And it's, and it's, it just like get up and do something. And if you're not sure what to do, or you need a little bit of help and guidance, get that, get some coaching, do, do something, listen to a great podcast like this one. Um, Motive, personal motivation is such a daily thing in in my estimation anyway we're responsible for our own motivation and i don't know what it's going to take for me to be motivated tomorrow but i'm committed to making sure that i am and because i'm committed to that i tend to find it and the day after and i'm not thinking 3 months from now i'm thinking today and when i wake up in the morning i'll find a reason then too oh brian you've seated about seven different ideas for me that we could follow up on. As we come back from this break, I want to continue this conversation because we're already getting really practical about what to do next. Folks, this is Brian Bergford from Bergford Performance Systems, which is kind of cool. We'll talk about that later too. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now, I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. And we're back. Brian Bergford at Live On Purpose Radio today. Brian, you have got me fired up. Of oh, course, good. <laughs> that's what coaches do, right? I mean, 
you're here to help people get out of their own way. You said something earlier. Well, you said several somethings. Let me see if I can capture a few. You talked about a dilemma that we often face where we want to talk about things. And talk about is cheap. I think there's maybe three levels to this. Think about, talk about, and walk about. As, mm. as a little shout out to our Australian yes. friend. Do a walkabout. <laughs> Do a walkabout. You can talk about things all day. Nothing's going to change in your life until you actually walk about and get this thing moving around in your life. Take some action. Yep. You're passionate about that. I'm very passionate about that. And, and there is a place, you know, after having said that, um, there's, there's a place, <clears throat> excuse me, certainly for talking about things, but it's you talk and you walk, you talk and you walk and you talk to the right people and you talk about the right things. Um, and, and I've certainly been guilty of this where we can, uh, you know, have this impasse we feel like we're at and we, we keep talking to our friends about it and ruminating around it. And, it's sort of almost like a de defense mechanism against actually confronting the things that we really need to confront and taking the steps that we know that we need to take. And so we just keep talking around the issue instead of like, let's actually pinpoint it. And again, that's one of the benefits of having some good people in your corner, um, really good mentors, really good coaches, you know, it's sort of like that tribe of people around you that uh, you can talk to them, but it's productive and you're being very truthful and you feel comfortable with them. And there's a level of trust that you have so that you can dive deep, take care of what needs to get taken care of and then move. Right. And then when you hit the next little roadblock, you talk about it and then you walk about it. Right. Talk about, walk about, talk about, walk about, but it's not talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. It's also not walk about it, walk about it, walk about it, walk about it with zero reflection to where you're not really looking at how is this, is this landing? <laughs> is what I'm doing actually landing and creating the, like the, the proper trajectory according to the life of purpose that I want to lead? Uh, so, I, you know, those things certainly go in tandem, but um, you definitely don't want to get stuck in either camp exclusively. And thank you for that clarification because we're not saying here, don't think about it or talk about it. We're saying there's three parts to this. And you got to do all three. Yep. It's skipping the walkabout. You know, I did this with my book, Brian, for, the, for 10 years. <laughs> so proud of that decade. For 10 years, I was thinking about and even talking about writing a book. And when I talked about it, I'm going to. I'm going to write a book. You know, and I haven't even talked to people about it. I hadn't started. It was all think about and talk about. When I did the walkabout, I actually put it on my calendar. See, you know if people are serious about something, if it shows up on their calendar and in their checkbook. Because freedom isn't free. Right. You're going to spend your time, you're going to spend your money, your resources when you get serious about the walkabout part of things. And that, that scares people. But it's just, I mean, welcome to earth, folks. This is part of the reality. It, it will take some actual physical movement of the elements for you to create something new. 
Absolutely. And it's going to take risk. And that's, but that's where, that's where all the best freedom is, right? The less risk there is somewhere, the less freedom there is, the more, the more security there is, the less freedom there is. And people want to act like those things can like, you can have tons of freedom and like tons of security. And like, it's, it's very difficult to have both of those. If you're really going out on the edge, there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of things you have to deal with. And when you were talking about, you know, writing your book, it just made me think, we all tend to have a natural bent. So some of us tend to think more by default. Some of us tend to act without thinking at all. Some of us uh, never, Mm -hmm. you know, um, reflect or we don't talk to other people. And some of us do that a lot. And so I think knowing what your natural inclination is and then building systems into your life that are proportionate to that. So for example, if you tend to overthink things, um, you can schedule thinking time in your calendar. You can make that a ritualized thing. However, it's much shorter. (laughs) So it's still deliberate. It's still in your calendar. It's still a ritual, but you don't carve out a lot of time for it because you, you know, you tend to get stuck in that. So your rituals around action and doing need to be more robust and you have to be more focused on that and the things to make sure that you're aligned properly and you're being effective. And it would just obviously be the reverse for somebody who has a a default toward action and they're never thinking or reflecting or talking about stuff. Um, So I think rituals are tremendously important, making sure on a day-to-day basis you have that stuff built in. Because when I have that in front of me and I have to look at it every day and like, great, if I'm living on purpose today, I've lined out already exactly what that looks like, like my weeks, my days, my months, right? And so, but on a daily basis, when I have to stare at that and go, Okay, I'm beating around the bush. I'm procrastinating. I'm not tackling that. Yeah. I say is super important to me, but when it's in my face every day, and I know that I will sleep much more soundly when I go through all those items and make sure that the things that are important and central to my life are getting taken care of and having focus on them daily, uh, that's priceless, man. I've we've talked a lot sort of in society more recently about even athletic performance, how sleep is important, how recovery is important. What hasn't necessarily been attended to is, um, well, okay, sleep is important. I agree with that. You need, you need plenty of sleep, you know, eight, eight to nine hours for the average adult or whatever it is. But you also have to have peace of mind to really get good sleep. And one of the places I really noticed this was when I started tracking my sleep at a more granular level and I was able to look at sleep cycles, how much time I was spending in REM, how much time I was spending in deep sleep, um, how many times I was waking during the night, all of that. I found that the days where I invested where I needed to, where I spoke life into the people that I needed to, where I did the things that I needed to do and carved out that time, it completely changed the complexion of my sleep patterns. And it was because I had peace of mind. And I was like, I did what I needed to do today. It wasn't about exhausting myself and going to bed dog or going to bed dead dog tired. Mm-hmm. It was about knowing in my heart that I had put it all out there and done exactly what I intended to do and done it on purpose. Uh, which brings a peace of mind that allows everything to fall into sync. Yeah. I love that. 
You've mentioned also another little word. It's just a small word, but it's come up a couple of times in our conversation, and that word is next. And there's some power to next. What's next? We, we can get so overwhelmed when we look at the big picture, and everything that we have to do or what's going to be required to publish the book, launch the business, attain that milestone, whatever it is. You don't have to worry about all of that. You've slipped this in a few times, Brian, where you just said the next thing or what's next. Yep. Yeah. There's some power in that. Can you address so, that? Sure. There's a, I believe there's a lot of power in that. Um, and so, okay. So I'm going to back up. You might have to bring me on track if I rabbit trail and I don't loop it, but I have a point here. So, one of the things that I find super interesting is when reporters will talk to athletes or business people, anybody that's really respected a master at their craft. And they're always, there's different words around it, but they're, they're trying to get some like nugget. And it's basically a secret from the person. Like what was the key to your guys's win or your uh, business that, that grew so much. And they're always looking. And the reason is, I think a lot of it is, a lot of the audience is looking for that answer as well. And the problem in what those athletes and business people know is like, this ain't sexy. This is not sexy. I go to the gym every day or I go to my business every day and I serve people and I do all the little boring things that if you followed me around, you'd be excited the first day and so bored by day seven because it's just like the repetition, repetition, repetition. But it's, it's again, that compounding effect. And so when we get looking too far down the line, I am all for understanding what the vision is that you're going for. And that's tremendously important because that, that has direction. Yeah, it gives you direction. Um, it gives power to the actions that you are taking in the moment when you've got a compelling goal or objective that you're going toward or cause that you're working for a mission. You've got to have that stuff. But on the day to day level, it's like, don't, overthink it and look at how far I am from that place. It's like put one front and foot in front of the other and do the next thing. And if you notice yourself starting to cycle into all this, like, you know, the negative self-talk and the doubt and everything else, just pretend that you have a Neanderthal brain and all you can think about is like the next move in front of you that you need to take and just like, and go with that. Because once you get the ball rolling, like we talked about earlier, the action tends to build this tremendous momentum and this power for you uh, that nothing else can quite do. So uh, I don't know if that's what you were looking for, but that's what came to mind. Yes. And I love the way that you put that into context as well, Brian, because it, it's just like the think about, talk about, walk about conversation that we had earlier. It's, it's not that the big picture isn't important. It's enormously important. It gives you direction. It gives you energy. It gives you hope for what you're creating. And then you focus on what's next, which is always doable. That, that's the point I really want to emphasize here. Whatever is next for you is attainable. It's doable. It's within your reach. There's nothing overwhelming about what's next. And, and I think that that's beautiful in terms of actually getting out of our own way and moving toward those goals. Brian, you're helping people in a lot of different ways to do this. You've, you've established Bergford Performance Systems. You do coaching. You mentioned that your niche is, um, 
executives who are also athletic. Kind of cool because I can relate to that as well. Um, tell us a little bit more, would you, about how people can connect with you, what kinds of things uh, you're offering through your business. Yeah, absolutely. So they can connect with me by, they can send me a personal email if they want. It's just info at birdfordperformance.com. Uh, they can hop on my website, which is birdfordperformance.com, and it's spelled um, B-E-R-G, like iceberg, Ford, like the car. Uh, so birdfordperformance.com. Uh, I've got a masterclass that's great for people that are really high-level performers but are experiencing some level of stall or burnout even. It's called Performance Reignited. Um, I've got some one-on-one -on -one coaching available. It's a really, really small group of people that I um, really do the one-on-one -on -one coaching with. Um, but that's an option as well. I offer speaking services and I'd, I'd love to connect with people and help in any way that I can. So uh, yeah, hop on the website, let me know how I can help and I'll happy to get back with people. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Brian. That's Bergford, B-E-R-G-F-O-R-D, performance.com. We'll put a link in the description for the show as well so that people can connect to you. Brian, thank you so much for being a guest here today at Live On Purpose Radio. Of course, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. It was absolutely wonderful. Have a wonderful day, everybody. And it's time. So you can think about this, you can talk about it, or you can walk about it. It's time for you now to go live on purpose. Purpose.